Welcome to the This Week in Cleantech podcast. Each week we speak to a leading CEO, executive, thought leader or insider in the cleantech sector. Each guest shares their thoughts on recent events, their own cleantech story and their vision and hopes for the future. This week, our host, David Hunt, was at EcoSummit speaking with Petter Milkovic. Petter is Managing Director and Co-Founder of Inven Capital, where he is responsible for overall fund strategy, including fundraising, deal sourcing, investment process and portfolio value enhancement. Petter was directly responsible for the successful raising of 50 million euros from the European Investment Bank, which put investments into Zonin, Tado and Cloud and Heat Technologies. You may notice that this episode is being filmed outdoors and you therefore may experience some wind noise. We're very sorry about this, but you'd be glad to know that we've invested in some new audio tech to improve your listening experience in the next one. That's enough from me. Let's hand it over to David. Cool. So th- hi, Peter. Thanks for joining us on the uh, This Week in Clean Tech Thanks podcast so on the uh, the banks of the Spree in Berlin. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> Fresh from your stage performance <laughs> and the hacker, which uh, I'm sure people will be able to see online uh, soon enough. So um wanted to talk, obviously, about Indian Capital and about the clean tech infrastructure and mm-hmm. companies that you invest in. But firstly, from a personal perspective, mm-hmm. what drew you to clean tech um, and what was your a little bit of the backstory before you joined or created mm-hmm. Invent Capital? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been, thank you for this question. I've been doing lots of things, actually, before. So, uh, actually, before Inven, I was with Chess, the utility, which is actually investing okay. in 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 Inven, where I was responsible for the, the overall group strategy and the view around. Uh, I was with the leading investment bank, uh, Kotya Finance, uh, based in Prague and doing business in the whole yeah. Europe. But before that, I was an entrepreneur. And in between, I had a chance to spend some beautiful time in, in, uh, in the uh, um, Bay Area, in San Francisco, okay. where I, uh, as an intern, uh, worked with some beautiful startups and, and, um, and funds, hedge funds. So then that was the first time, it was 2004, where I kind of felt like this is an interesting area I mm-hmm. might be doing at some point in time but then they never know right that okay I'm gonna make it so yeah, yeah lots of things yeah in the, in the, the startups in your blood and yeah, uh, probably yeah, yeah. yeah and why clean tech in particular there are other obviously investment areas uh, that, that could be of interest have you always been uh, focused on on the clean tech it's, sector it has to do with the first key investor uh, chess right it's, it's energy company with, with all the assets you can imagine um, uh, Owning and operating in central in central Europe. Yeah. So uh, so our focus has to be related to the clean or smart energy. It has to do something with energy. And clean tech was obviously the the, the topic uh, which which was very close to to the hearts and minds of of the leadership of Chess at at that time. But that's why it was actually immediately smart energy or, or clean tech. Yeah. As a topic. Okay. Okay. And what's the history then of of Invent Capital? You're founder of the organization, and, and how long have you been uh, in existence? Yeah, yeah actually, yeah, so uh, it started as one of the strategic initiatives at Chess, which I was running. Okay. And and uh, and then we made it a separate uh, entity. And it was 2013 actually when it was approved by Chess that this should be next big move. Mm-hmm. And we made sure we set it up independently, actually, not like balance sheet finance thing, but it really as a regular fund uh, regulated by Czech National Bank at the time. Yeah. And that was yeah. Uh, in 2014, we be- became a fund of qualified investors, and and we invited in 2017 European Investment Bank actually into the game and gain additional in- in investors. So that's kind of the the, the, the kind of structured journey. Uh, uh, be- we became a regular fund uh, with two uh, investors being the utility and the European Investment Bank. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, and you're far from typical VCs. <laughs> I've seen you guys performing at the last couple of uh, eco summits. What's your approach? Because you've again, you've invested in some really cool companies, and we can talk about Zon and some sure. others in a moment. But what's your take? What do you look for? What makes you different as a VC from traditional yeah, yeah, VCs? That's uh, that's a very good question because you know if you look at the VCs pitching, it's all the same. They show you the term sheet, they show how big they are, what the ticket size, etc. But there's no differentiating factor. Mm -hmm. Now, we believe that if we if we uh, are about to be successful VC, uh, we need to think and act like a startup. We need to understand what are they up to, what uh, difficult things are they going through, what what yeah. really matters here. And uh, for instance, pitching in a way that you send the message just by uh, creating some story there is a great differentiator uh, and, and it seems that, that the storytelling uh, being able to articulate who you are and why you should be in the business is, is, is like 50% of the value you can yeah, actually yeah. create so so we decided to take a lead uh, make sure you know make, make sure that that uh, that we do something we really truly believe in and and and, and uh, take risk as they as they take when it comes to pitching to the venture capitalists so we go on the stage and to the soul of the winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting article because as you say, you talk always to startups about how you can differentiate what's your USP, where it, what, are you, what are the unique factors we want to invest in. But as you say, often the VCs and, uh, are just there. Uh, we've got more money or more more yeah. reach or uh, stuff like this. We can't differentiate ourselves. We can't identify the differentiating factor of the startups. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so it has to be like that and it has to have a meaning. Right? It can't be like, oh, we just say we are different. It needs to have a meaning. And our mantra is we help startups. And our key values are related to really helping and, and being being critical on one hand, but but humble uh, yeah. at the same time. And that's that's what guide our hands, uh, the, the guide our the way we, we select. We spend seventy percent of of our time actually finding out uh, what is behind the the motivation of the founders team and the management they they, they surround themselves with, and so forth. That's yeah. Very Okay, I mean, this is interesting from our perspective because the, the management team and the talent is, is, is where we as a company, or as Hyperion as a company, uh, are, are particularly involved. But what do you look for in, in founders? What differentiates? I mean, all founders should be passionate. They should all have belief, of course, in their, in their product or solution. But what makes you find a Christoph Ostermann, for example, or a, a, somebody you think this team are people we can put money into? This is a good solution, but not for us. Yeah. Yeah, look, you know, it's um, it's it starts, you know, what we like about founders, if they have, you know, you are, I, I believe you are born a founder. You are born an entrepreneur. It's not like you can learn it in the MBA. Yeah. Uh, so if you are pitching to me your great startup, uh, I want to know what have you been doing, sort of say, in the kindergarten, right? right. Uh, or you probably, if you're a salesman, you're probably selling already something to your <laughs> fellow friend yeah, in the yeah, kindergarten, yeah. right? It's not like you, you, you it, it, it pops up and then you become an entrepreneur. So yeah. we want to understand the whole journey. You know what, what were these guys passionate about? They, we, we like if they make mistakes in the past, they can learn from and not not repeat and so forth. So there has to be some entrepreneurship embedded in their DNA, and you see it the first minute they speak to you, and and then once you get even in the past, there is lots of evidence that this is actually there. They are not don't need to learn it; it's there. Now the question is, uh, do they have the right uh, right meaningful mantra or? or Rather than focus on profits and and how how rich they're gonna get soon, yeah. they should mm, pitch the big meaning and the big impact they wanna wanna create. If the profits will probably follow, yeah. we 
they should create a mantra rather than a business statement. Why they should be in the business rather than you know sophisticated mission statement nobody gonna believe and understand and, and, and remember and show us the product yeah. and the problem it's solving simple as that and obviously the team behind and so forth. So it should be rather simple but you feel that entrepreneurship is in the blood because they have been doing it like all the life uh, yeah. before they became a commercial something. Yeah it's interesting you use the word impact and it comes up a few times already today and it's in our presentation later companies who want to or individuals who want to make a difference yeah. and money is kind of a nice byproduct yeah, do you yeah. see uh, as a VC that's a difficult thing because yeah. you should be focused purely on the money uh, in, yeah. in some regards but. Yeah, but it seems that 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 if, you, if there's a meaning and big impact the money will follow yeah if, if it's the opposite probably you won't make a meaning and you won't make a profit so things have to make sense in the first place and if they make sense people will fund it and people will buy it right and that's where the value is created so that, that I think it, it still makes sense from the venture capital perspective um, uh, to have this be as a priority uh, from the start. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You touched on mistakes then as well, which is quite critical. We've all, I think, everybody who has a successful yeah. business has yeah. a few yeah. stories and uh, to, to tell. Yeah. Um, so maybe you could share some of the both the success stories of mm. Invent mm. and perhaps some mistakes you've made or some of your startup yeah. portfolio have made mm. mistakes that mm. didn't quite work out. Okay. Okay, <laughs> I know it's a long story, maybe. <laughs> no, uh, look, you know, it's, uh, it's um, I mean, the, the Zonin is a success story by itself. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you think about it, 2008, they came with this idea that, that, that we all should um, have uh, in the world uh, affordable and clean energy, right? And, and that, that we deserve that as a people of this planet. So, so this great, crazy idea in 2008, right? Mm. Then 2009, set up the whole business. And and they, uh, as, as Christoph said today, they, they they were like the only guys in the in the in the market, uh, yeah. which is a good news. No competition, but no customer. So so uh, if if you think about when and how they started in what context, it's incredible what they have achieved. Uh, a company when we invested, they uh, were looking at twenty million revenues in a year already. Okay. Uh, and when they were selling around uh, hundred million dollars. So, so they have grown the company tremendously, and and uh, I think and then the main engine behind was the, the founders team, Christoph and Thorsten, who actually stick to their vision mm-hmm. uh, from day one. This vision has not been changed really. That that was the intrinsic in the motivation that, which followed them uh, throughout the ten years of, of really hard hard work. And but they were smart about surrounding themselves with a very strong team. Uh, yeah. I remember, for instance, <coughs> that. Uh, that uh, when we were hiring Philip Schroeder, a guy from Tesla, yeah. actually, to really focus on sales and marketing, and uh, and he actually uh, we have we approved higher salary to him than than Christoph has at the time. Right. So imagine how Christoph was smart at the time that he understood that he wants to ma- make a difference here. He needs you know to to satisfy all those smart guys. He need to team up with. So yeah. this type of man, he, he he was putting him aside and really f- following the mission, the mantra of his of his company. By picking, in addition to that, very smart um, uh, co-investors. Let's yeah. look at all these e-capital who actually found Christoph in the first place, um, and uh, Munich Venture Partners, Set Ventures, us, G, uh, and Vision, and then Shell eventually. All of them, specifically the early ones, including us, we they, we were strong and big enough. Uh, the, the follow-on rounds were fast. Uh, yeah. um, uh, we truly believed in, in, in the mission of, of, of Christoph. We were really aligned that this could be the game changer and, uh, and that was actually very crucial for the first uh, investor. Uh, this is one of the successful mistakes. Uh, 
smart enough to to understand that if both leaders the big guys uh, like or like shell team up with the smart innovative guys like zolan impact can really happen yeah. so put aside all these hard feelings who could have been there and be smart about who you pick as your final exit partner yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a few interesting things there one of which is around founders who stick with the vision of course in a startup often you have the pivot when things change in the market yeah. regulations change policies change but still be very clear to the vision and the second thing you touched on there is, uh, which again I've come across and done myself, is you pay other people more than you pay yourself yeah, yeah. as a founder. Yeah. And again, that's perhaps alien to some people's idea of this entrepreneur where everything is Ferraris and, and Mercedes and, yeah. and everything is cool. But that that vision, to stick with the vision through tough and thin times, is that something that you try to spot early? And how do you spot that in a founder early stages? Yeah, we, we have a long interviews and discussion. You, obviously, you can't. You can't see the future, yeah, but uh, you can again. Uh, you have to believe in your own instinct. At some point in time, it's the instinct which tells you who are, who are those guys. It's kind of with the simple questions: What are these guys passionate about? And, and you understand immediately when there is this prepared answer ready for you, and when they really speak the true true uh, story. And today again, uh, Christopher was very explicit about balls, balls, balls. <laughs> I mean, this is exactly it. You 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 know you have to be resilient, and and if you are only if there is it's not external motivation, but internal motivation. Yeah. But the, so, so they really believe in their vision. They haven't changed it, changed the tactics many times, and that's what that that's what the kind of and and you you have it's about a gut feel. There's no like you know uh, special sign and then this guy is, is the one. Yeah. Is the other one. It's 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 the way they speak to you and the way they connect with you. And if you share the same values. And, and, and the culture as an investor, which we try to pitch and show uh, and during the our presentations, yeah. uh, you immediately got surrounded uh, uh, by definition by guys who think similarly as you. And so that's kind of the, the filter which you create by speaking about the values and actually conducting along according to the values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do you differentiate or how do you differ in terms of when startups approach you? Um, again, do people come along with the usual slide deck and yeah. the ABCs of, uh, of pitching or do, do you ask them to do anything different when they approach you for, for money in the first place? No, we, we want them to to approach us as they want us to approach us in, in their way. And that's that's the first test, right? And and there are different ways they, they, they do it. Obviously, well, we saw them pitching and you immediately see if someone uh, is himself or herself, right? It's immediately uh, strikes you. It, 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 you try to imagine that you are living with them next 10 years somewhere in uh, in, in Iceland, uh, uh, just in Igloo, right? And you want to feel good with them because all the way, they, the energy they, 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 they have and, and the way they, they, they talk to you and they, the way they structure their, their thoughts. So, so um, we let them, we let them behave as, as they want to. And so we really find the true themselves uh, yeah. before we go. So we don't, uh, we don't uh, give them any advice. We want to see them as natural as they are. But we try to picture them in a very difficult situation. Can we sit with them in the boardroom? You know. Secondly, you know, you look who they surrounded themselves with. Not only the management. But but the other investors, you know, you immediately see if, if someone is truly with the big strategic guys coming in, he probably has no clue where yeah, he yeah. has to 
drive the company, he wants to have you all more on the safe side. And but this is not about being on the safe side. It's really about, about taking yeah. risk and be resilient. And if, if there's an error, you just stand up again and you you you, you continue yeah, yeah. on your big vision. So 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 you check, you know, how, how what what take type of decision they have done. Uh, and 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 you try to build the company with them. You you try to have very deep discussions about the future, and what is important, they have to be pretty, they have to be able to ask pretty simple questions uh, about the assumptions of the future of the industry they are in. Yeah. Uh, they should be pretty right about it, right? Uh, uh, and and try to position the company there, uh, and and manage their success from. You know, believing, betting on, on specific technology will be, be, be developed by someone else out there, uh, specific shifts in the demand by the customers, and seeing the gap, seeing the, 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 the problem which needs to be solved already, and try to plot the company from the future backwards to the investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I think the phrase, uh, you judge people by the company they keep, uh, yeah, can, can yeah, often be true yeah. from a corporate perspective yeah, as well as individuals. Yeah. Um, other things in terms of some companies, we all know that the startup uh, is a tough environment and not everybody makes it. Uh, yeah. Again, for other in potential founders who are listening, what are some of the pitfalls or some of the obvious things to, to, to be aware of um, in terms of the early stages of your journey? Mm, yeah, very good question. Now, uh, first of all, uh, the failures are so important and we feel so humble when, when, you know, and we see 500 startups a year and we do like two deals, let's say, and right. it doesn't mean the others didn't make it but lots of them are somewhere in the graveyards we don't know about them so but we really feel we are learning from them actually we learn more from the mistakes the other day rather than from the success story because it's usually to some extent coincidence as yeah, well yeah. and you have to take it into account so on so you shouldn't believe in your uh, very uh, very uh, universal <laughs> capabilities right yeah. Once you start thinking this way, you know, it's, it's, it's the end. So it's about uh, about the about the, the failures they make. And everyone, do, what we do, we try to share with them. We have seen this business model before. It didn't fly. It could be the reason. Could you check it out? So, so I think it's what is the the mistake we often see is that is that they come with a great vision, um, but the product they are or service they are offering already today as a prototype or, or the first version and the first commercial revenues is actually not 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 validating and uh, not backing the big vision it's okay. it's, it's they are kind of disconnected with that so they either should change the vision uh, and say hallelujah if customer wants this let's do it but uh, but or, or the other way around so they sometimes disconnect they just feel like we want to hear this beautiful story yeah, yeah, so yeah. They tend, but then they do totally different so the inconsistency between the product the value proposition the customer journey and, and the journey toward the vision something totally disconnected yeah so the second second one uh it it, it they better uh, uh build the company right from the value perspective culture perspective from day one it's not like I will, sir, I will team up with this guy because he has a Harvard uh, MBA yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's very smart, obviously. And let, let's see how it's going to fly. And then maybe I will change it. Uh, I will team up with someone else. It has to start right from day one. Uh, the, the, the vision and, and the product validating the vision has to go hand in hand with, with the culture. Uh, 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 the, the key 
people have to share and and and, and the farmers can be alone with this you know it, it won't make it so it has to be someone who can make the product and someone who can sell the product in the first place so yeah. it, it, entrepreneurship is not for everyone and 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 and, uh, and it's painful journey and you can lose your life there uh, you can get crazy so, so it's not for everyone. So you better, uh, better uh, start it right. You have to like uh, the the past, not ultimate result, which is not guaranteed. And surround yourself with with someone who compliments you. And there has to be at least two, yeah. one who can make it, one who can sell it. Often we see uh, one guy trying to conquer the world, and then 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 trying to pivot who could be the best team, and and uh, he has to be a magnet. Of the best talents out there, I, Christoph was able to get international people into Bird Poultry, which is a small village yeah, two yeah, hours yeah. from 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 Munich. Munich. If you look at Berlin, then which is more easy for international, but if you go to Berlin to their sales um, sales uh, deck, right, you, mm. it's like a trading desk. You see the gong, you see lots of screens out there, uh, salespeople having their KPIs. Uh, every day you see how many calls they did. You know how the deal has. Progress or yeah. not, it's it's amazing. Kind of uh, it, it, the culture. If you if you are sales or in company, you have to be the best salespeople in in the room. You have to think big. And there's a certain thing. They they, they 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 are afraid. We are afraid to think big, specifically in this room. And our pitch was about allowing ourselves to think big. Yeah. Too often, yeah. We need three elements. We are looking when we invest before we invest in three things. Is there a dreamer in in the room? Is there a critic? And realist. The realist is helping. Also, you need to be there. Realist is helping the the, the dreamer to make make a realistic project to make the dream happen. Mm -hmm. And the critic is always asking the question: Are we on the right track? Are we, you know, going differently than we wanted to? And you need all three of them. But too often, it's really what's happening is that that the critics and realists trip over over the dreamer. And yeah. and uh, and uh, so we have this goulash of all three things in our heads, which on average keeps us very low key and uh, compared to what I experienced in 2004 in Silicon Valley, for instance. So sure. I think we need, this is the third thing, allow ourselves to dream big and accept the realistic approach as well as the critical questions, but don't mix it together, you know, go step by step, have all three elements baked in your, in your, in your team or in your, uh, yeah, in your team. Okay, cool. That's really interesting. I think one of the other things that comes up quite often is around foundership and whether you invest in sole founder companies who then might bring in some people to support or whether you refer to, prefer to have businesses who, are co who already have co-founders, two or three individuals right from the very beginning. Yeah, I think I, I really, I think I really like the co-founders kind of element. I think you can't be alone in this. It's you know you have to juggle with so many things and 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 uh, it's impossible. So I think it there has to be at least two guys, uh, one who can make the product and who can sell it. And that's our very critical requirement here. And it tells you something about the guy, right? If you are alone and you think you can do it alone, probably there's something you didn't get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, you learn you learn with my money later, which is not the best. Yeah, I guess that's always the the VC. Uh, Antithesis of yeah. yeah, somebody learns with your money, and, and by the then way, they uh, go on to yeah, other things. Yeah, yeah but, but by the way, uh, we but we try to do the same. When yeah. I when when hopefully one once my kids gonna uh, ask me, yes, this invent was so successful. Hopefully, uh, we don't know yet, right? Um, what was the key thing? And I will tell them, look, you know, we are not greedy. Uh, we we created coin consortiums of investors. Like when we ask founders to be 
more than one, right? Uh, yeah. So we want to be more than one. <coughs> we want to make sure that we have, if we, uh, you know, we have to have ideally in platform investor from Silicon Valley uh, combined with with uh, with investor with access to oil and gas for or or uh, utility sector and, and so forth. So we we like to create consortiums. We we are not afraid to get diluted with with the other guys right. and take them more early to on the on the road. Persuade them that they should come a little bit early with us. Uh, rather than try to find them once things don't fly that much a little bit later then then it's, it's it's we want to have a very strong founders team management team very soon and very strong co-investment team and we actually conduct kind of due diligence on the co-investors we right. check as well and we have a, during our due diligence we have a strategic sessions with the founders management existing investors and the future investors and we make sure we are all aligned and around their big vision Actually, very interesting that later sometimes you need to find out that there's an alignment, right? And yeah. uh, that's the last thing you want to you know, get in. So, so this is um, when it we is. ask them, we do it as well. Yeah, yeah. I know we have an, a, a few clients and companies we've spoken to in the past who have taken some of the money on the table for, for good reason. Mm -hmm. But when you have two or three shareholders who themselves aren't aligned, it makes life very difficult mm -hmm. for, for, for the yeah. startup, of course. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and we ask one of the key questions we ask the founders. Uh, whether they are, uh, they believe they could be this CEO for the next three years, right? I mean, after three years, whether they believe they uh, they might invite someone else on the on the, on the journey, and uh, there's actually an interesting debate here because yeah. you know it's really different when you when you run a startup with 20 people or a you know, startup with 600, 1,000 people, and so forth. Yeah. So it's, uh, it it's takes, a very interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah, no, it takes something special. I was speaking to a, a, a Dutch uh, company recently, and again, one of the co-founders approached and said, I need, I've taken this as far as I can. I don't want to exit the business, but I, I need a CEO to come and yeah. take this to the next level. Um, yeah. Conscious of time, so yeah. uh, just a couple of things then. Um, in terms of patience, because we talked before about the yeah. Zonin journey, it was yeah. 10 years, mm -hmm. you were involved quite early. Mm -hmm. Do you have a very clear time frame yeah. or exit strategy? We, actually, we, we have actually, we, because we, as, a, as a fund, we have investment period and divestment period. So we have five plus one year and five plus one year divestment period, investment okay. divestment period. So it's like a standard standard fund. Uh, our investment period actually ends, uh, there were some shifts uh, in two and a half years from now. And uh, then we have divestment period. So we are still, we have still long, we are still patient investors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So finally, we started talking about a little bit of your background, mm -hmm. um, but it, are there any uh, either books or thought leaders or inspirational people or sources you've that have, have driven you yourself in the, in the last few years? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's a great question. I'll, uh, if you Google Guy Kawasaki, uh, I think I, I had a chance to see, saw him live when I was in Silicon Valley the other day. Uh, he's, uh, He's a guy who worked for Steve Jobs uh, and, and then he became a venture capitalist and okay. then he's still entrepreneur again. He, I think he, is, he makes a point uh, uh, and I kind of, I kind of like, uh, uh, like the way he, he looks at the, at the startup scene and, and the okay. advice he's in. So Google Guy Kawasaki, okay. that's, that, that's, uh, that would be actually uh, uh, the key. podcast okay. uh, we better get back inside to uh, to see what's going on in the eco summit but Peter, thank you very much for yeah. joining us today okay thank you thank you for having me Thank you for joining us again on the This Week in Clean Tech podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, please do share it with friends, colleagues, and across any social media platforms, as it really does help us out. See you in the next one.